In Family Matters today, we're going to look at the issue of textbook piracy, which has far-reaching implications not only for the authors of the material and educators, but ultimately for students too. As we know, all academic te- textbooks are expensive and the cost is increasing not just in South Africa but across the world. While there are open education resources, there are not enough available in our country to adequately address the needs of students. Now this leads of some students downloading and copying information from textbooks illegally. Now to tell us more about the impact this has on the educational publishers and authors, we welcome in studio Janine Ludolf, Publishing Manager in Higher Education at Oxford University Press South Africa. Good afternoon, Janine, and thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Crystal. Janine, so let's start off, which of course is the big question, the cost of textbooks. Why are they so expensive and how exactly um, are prices determined? And clearly they've gone up in recent years. Sure. I mean, textbooks are not a cheap purchase for sure, but I think often the value of a textbook is underestimated. I think it's also important that you differentiate between local textbooks and internationals. Obviously, generally speaking, internationals are more expensive, whereas local textbooks, what we as local publishers obviously want to do is make sure that ultimately students are prepared for the workforce. Our focus is very much on making our content contextualized for South African students, embedding knowledge and skills in it and preparing them for the workforce. Mm. Janine, so you work in the higher education field and of course in the next few weeks will the universities will be welcoming thousands of students um, and I was just calculating each province actually has a university and some provinces obviously have more like Gauteng, KwaZulu-Natal and um, Cape Town um, but tell us about of course you know one of the reasons students often contemplating pirating copies um, you know they, there's a, a whole set of factors Mm. that plays into mind because I don't think you do it easily. I mean, I remember first year there was a a politics book. There was only one at the library, just very expensive and, and, and. I mean, that's not enough, but I'm I'm just like the realities. I was a student at some point and I know what comes to play. And I think often students don't even think about the seriousness of pirating. Yes. So I think there's a couple of issues. Um, I think there's a a lack of education around what piracy is and what constitutes piracy. Um, I think many students don't realize that it is, in fact, illegal to make PDFs or photocopies of books and to circulate them on WhatsApp and Telegram and so on. Um, But we do also obviously understand that there's quite a systemic problem around piracy and it talks to issues around funding, um, a lack of affordable textbooks, and also generally um, our NISFAS bursary scheme is quite problematic. I mean, everyone knows that it's been plagued by mismanagement issues and so on. Um, So I think there's two issues which I'd like to focus on. One is around education. And then also just to make it very clear that academic publishers are keen to work with higher education institutions to find solutions. So, Janine, on on that issue of, I mean, as you say, there's the education part, you engaging with academic institutions, but, I mean, social media has completely taken over. I mean, sometimes you open a WhatsApp with a new book, then you're like, someone sent you the WhatsApp. I mean, like, it just blows my mind how quickly piracy happens. And I think in some cases, you really question why are people doing it? I think, as I said, there's an issue, issues around funding. Um, I think in terms of education, there's a lot of work which needs to be done by all the stakeholders in the 
publishing value chain. So we've called upon university management, lecturers, HODs at the institutions to educate these students about the fact that you can't just make illegal copies or use illegal copies. It is it equates to theft. You're stealing someone's intellectual property. So I think we're calling on management stakeholders at HEIs to help us. We're also um, encouraging sort of peer-to-peer education. If someone shares a PDF with you on a WhatsApp or Telegram group, shut it down. It's not the right thing to do. I'm in conversation with Janine Ludolf. She's the publishing manager in higher education at Oxford University Press South Africa. And we're talking about the issue of textbook piracy, which has far-reaching implications not only for the authors of the material and educators, but ultimately for students too. And Janine has just outlined how the reality is and that she acknowledges is the fact that we know the challenges around funding, and in SFAS, we've heard horrific stories of students not being able to eat. So you can imagine buying textbooks must be lost on the list. Um, but Janine, talk to us about um, in the age of so many open source educational websites, um, are printed textbooks still relevant? Well, textbooks certainly are still relevant, yes. There is a huge drive towards open education resources, and there is value in them. But I I feel I must stress the point that open education resources are still funded, even if it's not by the end user. So you still need to get sponsorships and donations and so on to make and distribute that content. It might be free for the end user, but that doesn't mean it's a free business model. And I think most academic publishers are looking at various business models to make textbooks sustainable. So we are completely open, as I mentioned, to work with higher education institutions. We are exploring public, um, public-private partnerships and looking at licensing models, working more closely with education institutions as well. Um, you know, if an educational institution wants to share the burden of purchasing um, educational material, then that goes a long way to helping the students pocket as well. Mm. And I think I can speak definitely for Oxford University Press, but other publishers as well are open to these different business models and to ultimately setting students up for success. Mm. And Janine, talk to, I mean, you're raising the issue now about open to different business models. Um, Are there any examples in the past where you've worked with higher learning institutions where you looked at different models? Sure. I mean, I won't go into too much detail, but we have worked with institutions where they have um, highlighted problematic courses where students are really struggling to pass and when they've done their own research it's been because those students don't have study material so they've come to us and purchased ebooks or print textbooks for the entire student cohort and they've seen good results from that because obviously with the student has the textbook and the lecturer's guidance and so on then they set up for success. Mm. And so basically these examples that if you actually engage, you can actually shift the whole system because if you have happy student, you have a student that's going to pass. 100%. And I mean, I think I mentioned earlier that it's a problem in the entire system because textbook piracy has a knock-on effect and there are far-reaching ramifications as it's going to affect industry as well. Mm. Um, There's a lot of stakeholders in, in the value chain from authors, freelancers who go to um, editing and typesetting, there's printing, manufacturing, distribution, booksellers. So everyone is affected Mm. in that value chain. And the less and less money that is moving through that value chain, it's going to affect 
But in the long term, where there's going to be less investment, and that's going to affect how much African and South African content is being put out there. Mm, I mean, that was actually my next question about the ramification of piracy. And I mean, I, I, it's interesting, as you say, that just the simple knock-on effect and so many different partners are impacted by piracy. But and talk to us, um, Janine, about, I mean, clearly it's an issue, the fact that you are here talking to us and it's a few weeks to go before universities are up and running and thousands of students start their new academic year. Um, How widespread is the problem? It's so widespread, Crystal. Um, We've had colleagues who just, you know, you you join your tutorial group and so on, and you just say, has anyone seen this textbook at a bookshop and the PDF is there? Um, It's extremely problematic. Um, We've seen an impact on our sell-through rate um, and I'm involved with the Publishing Association of South Africa as Mm -hmm. well, and on the academic sector, all local publishers are reporting this Mm -hmm. as well. So it's rife. Wow. And I think just the, I mean, the kind of explosion of social media makes it even, compared to what you had to deal with 20 years ago, 10 years ago, to what you have to deal right now. So, um, Jenny, talk to us about, I mean, are there active programs at universities to inform students about the dire ramifications of pirating? So, as I mentioned, I sit on the Publishing Association of South Africa's Academic Sector Board, and there is also a Legal Affairs Committee, which is helping to educate students around issues um, with regards to piracy. So, we're working with bookshops as well, and we are encouraging all students to purchase their textbooks. Um, For example, this interview as well. It's just to raise awareness of the issue and to encourage students and to inform them as well that it, it isn't illegal act essentially it's not the right thing to do um, and then we have reached out obviously to the management of higher education institutions as well and just raising awareness generally and we've also approached 26 uh, plus all of the private institutions as well to say we are willing to work with you to find solutions over here um, it shouldn't be you know we're not adversaries in the higher education sector we actually need to be partners ultimately serving students. Mm. I'm in conversation with Janine Ludolf. She's the publishing manager in higher education at Oxford University Press South Africa. And we're talking about textbook piracy, which, as we heard, really has far-reaching implications, not only for the authors, the editors, educators, but ultimately for students too. And it's just not, as they say, it's just not a yoba. But Janine, as we end off um, this conversation, um. Talk to us, are there any other strategies being explored to to bring down costs and to ultimately help prevent this problem? Yeah, so I mean, working with institutions obviously enables us to achieve economies of scale and that will impact price fundamentally. So that is the one strategy we're looking at. And then obviously with print books and through um, EPUB distributors, we do look at making our textbooks so that they can't be pirated. Um, by using digital rights management or DRM. And then we, as I mentioned, we're working with a whole lot of stakeholders. And then we do have a back to university campaign as well, just to encourage students to buy their textbooks because ultimately those textbooks are what's going to set them up for success. Um, It's not just about finding access to information. It's about finding access and having access to good quality information, which has been fact-checked. It's academically rigorous. It's illustrative, it has case studies and examples and shows how all of the theory can be applied 
And all of our textbooks at Oxford University Press are local. They're written by local authors for the local market to set students up to work in the local workforce and beyond. Mm. So, Janine, um, I mean, this might be a curveball, but we know, I mean, we, we touched on NSFAS, and of course, in 2023 alone, um, we saw a significant influx of um, students supporting over 1 million, um, and that statistic clearly underscores the significant role of financial um, assistance in um, supporting our students. I mean, as we're coming into this new academic year, we want to raise awareness. I mean, I remember in the past um, you had a specific allowance for textbooks. Is that still hap- Is that still the case? And I mean, it, it was very kind of honest then. I don't know what's happened now. Well, Crystal, it's interesting that you ask that question because that is a massive factor for publishers especially um, and bookshops. So what used to happen was the NISFAS funding used to have a ring-fenced amount specifically for textbooks. But that was done away with a couple of years ago. And now the NISFAS funding is um, deposited straight into a student's bank account. And that money is often misappropriated to... I don't know, fund student lifestyles, to support families and so on. So there isn't really much management or oversight about how that funding is spent. Um, And that means it's always not, it's not always going towards the right things. It's not going towards textbooks. It's not going towards stationaries and laptops Mm. and so on. So that's been a massive, that's had a massive impact on us. Mm. Uh, We've got a message from a a listener. Um, Can former students sell or donate books they don't want to use anymore? Does that kind of deal with the issue? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if you've bought a textbook and you choose to sell it or to pass it on, that's absolutely within your rights to do so. What isn't within anyone's rights is to copy it illegally or to crack an EPUB and to distribute it via social media and so on. If you've bought a textbook, you own it, you are welcome to resell it or to share it um, with a friend or whatever. Mm. I'm intrigued by the NSFAS issue because... I mean, even when I, I mean, studied abroad, I had a specific allowance for books, and it obviously it helped me to buy books that I would normally not be able to afford. Um, but just to have the opportunity where it was a ring fence um, for specific um, higher education books. I mean, are there any discussions to bring that system back, or is it just too far fetched? Am I being am I being idealistic here now, Janine? Well, if you're being idealistic, I'd like to be idealistic too, because. Quite honestly, we would absolutely love for funding for textbooks to be ring-fenced again. Um, I mean, that is what the money is meant to be used for. Um, So we've had some discussions with NISFAS, um, but, you know, management has changed there quite a few times. But we are 100% open to working with NISFAS and to finding a solution as well. I mean, they're a critical stakeholder in higher education, obviously. Mm. Now, I, I really, this is where I, you know, take off, you know, I'm very crystal clear about this. I do think that NSFAS should ring fence money for books. Otherwise, I do think the money's going to go elsewhere. So if the Minister of Higher Education is listening, it's time to ring fence that NSFAS. We did it in the past. I think we should do it again because that's the only way. I think we're going to start dealing with textbook piracy. I think the emergence of social media has clearly made things just a little bit more rough. And there's always that one student 
There's always that one student, Janine, that's going to say, mm, yes, the book. Um, but thank you so much. That was Janine Rudolph, Publishing Manager in Higher Education at Oxford University Press, highlighting the issue of textbook piracy, the implications not only for the authors of the material and educators, but also for the students. And I wish you all the best, Janine. It is a tough job. So all the best for 2024. Thank you so much, Crystal. Thank you.